Welcome back to the show. I'm Christina. And I'm Miguel. They Reminisce Over You will be back with new episodes in spring 2024. But in the meantime, we wanted to share with you an episode of another show that we love, Q Points, hosted by our homies Jay Ray and DJ Sir Daniel. We did an episode of Q Points last year, and they were on our show earlier this year as well, talking about our love of hip-hop for the 50th year anniversary. But for the ones who missed the previous episodes, why don't you tell the people a little bit about Q Points? Well, J-Ray and DJ Sir Daniel are dropping the needle on Black music history. Q Points is an Ambie Award-nominated podcast with the intent to inform and celebrate Black music creatives through meaningful dialogue. They've done episodes about slow jams and quiet storm, hip-hop in the criminal justice system, Black artists and fans in country music, episodes about artists like Brandy, Patrice Russian, Public Enemy, A Tribe Called Quest, and something close to my heart, 90s girl groups. With that said, let's check out episode 121 of the Q Points podcast, The Irresistible Legacy of Teddy Pendergrass. Close the door. (laughs) Make sure to subscribe. (laughs) Make sure to subscribe to and check out more episodes of the Q Points podcast on your podcast service of choice. Let's get into it. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of QUEUE Points, the podcast. I am DJ Sir Daniel. And my name is Jay Ray, sometimes known by my government as Johnny Ray Cornegate the third. Good evening, good folks. In case you didn't know what that spells, that spells Q Points, Q Points podcast, dropping the needle on black music history. Jay Ray, how's it going, brother? Listen, I am great. I got hometown chester pa artist brandy wells on the wall behind me for those people that are joining audio and uh i'm feeling real good it's been a busy week it's been a great week i am still recovering from the fitness factor so i'm you know uh so i'm good sir daniel how you doing i'm fine i'm fantastic i'm in desperate need of a haircut and some something to do with my uh beard but other than that i'm doing well we're this is friday eve we're close to another weekend, and uh, we are on the precipice of another exciting episode of Q Points. But before we get into all of that, Jerry, please let the listener know exactly what they can do to be in that number and to be a part of the Q Points Nation. Yo, so you all are already doing the most amazing thing. If you are listening or you are watching wherever you are, keep doing that. That's really important. Uh, that is the best way to support the show is just by checking us out. Um, if you want to go a step further, make sure that you subscribe wherever you are. So if you're just listening to Q Points, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And if there's a notification button, hit that too. Share the show with your friends. So many people discover Q Points because folks share the show with them. So 
do us a solid, share it with your friends and family. And you can go a step further. You can join Q Points and become a subscriber by visiting our website at QPoints.com and clicking the subscribe button. You can shop our store at store.QPoints.com. And another free thing that you can do is you can join our mailing list at magazine.QPoints.com. You heard the man. Follow instructions. Don't lose the context. We are about to have a a very frank and fun discussion on, like you said, one of the iconic members of your pantheon of soul singers, J-Ray's personal pantheon of Mm -hmm. soul singers, Mr. Teddy Pendergrass. And I can't help but think about a couple weeks ago when the world got its... um, when we all collectively moaned in delight when we found out that Usher Raymond will be mm-hmm. headlining the um, the Super Bowl halftime yep. show because we all agree, those of us in our age group, um, people 20, 10 to 20 years younger than us, and even people older than us, J-Ray, can all agree that Usher Raymond is the epitome is the benefactor of the work mm-hmm. and the energy that Teddy Pendergrass has typecat has um, typo- telegraphed into the world of what it means to be a male R&B soul singer. Yeah. Usher has the chops, the vocal ability. Usher can dance. Usher can roller skate and yes. dance and sing at the same time. <laughs> Usher is a bona fide sex symbol. Yep. And so we would not have an Usher if we mm-hmm. did not start off with a Teddy Pendergrass. And I think it's very important that we discuss him for that matter mm-hmm. because a lot of times, you know, um men are left out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Black men are left out of the conversation, the vocal conversation, the vocals mm-hmm. conversation about who's made um, cultural impacts when it comes to black music. And so actually where this is the first yeah. in a series of brothers that we're going to be discussing in these next few episodes of Q points, but Teddy Pendergrass, J Ray, um, when you think of a Teddy Pendergrass, why is he still important? So Teddy is important because one, he embodied soul music mm-hmm. um, in kind of its purest form. Like soul um, and brings in all of those things. You get a little bit of gospel, you get a little bit of jazz. Of course, you get some R&B in there. And Teddy had all of that. Not only that, though, to your point a second ago, Teddy was also an entertainer. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this man had this magnetic personality that would walk out onto these stages and literally, this is the Teddy was the man that had the women throwing their panties at him. This is a real thing. Bras and panties would land on the stage because this man embodied sex but not only did he embody it he was able to back it up with all of his tremendous talent so i think it's important that we talk about teddy in today's marketplace because 
voices like his and the other men that we're going to talk about were once on the radio. They are nowhere to be found today. These, these uh, really, really deep baritone, powerful, growly voices. And it's missing. Like it's literally a missing link. There is a, a missing link on radio today, in particular, uh, contemporary black music radio in this type of voice being lifted up as an important one. We just don't have it. And so I think it's important because there are men out there that do sing like Teddy and probably are like, there's no room for me, but we have to remind them there, there is space and we have to make that space because Teddy was one of those dudes. You're absolutely right. Um, it's so funny. As you guys know, Jay, matter of fact, Jay uh, recently was here in Atlanta and he got to come back to my spot and check out, check me out on a Sunday evening at Rocksteady for the R&B and the slow jams. You know, Jay, I have to, I keep Teddy Pendergrass in my repertoire, especially for a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And I have to be very mindful or I'm very selective of when I put a Teddy Pendergrass in the mix simply because the reaction, J-Ray, there are some people who visibly get uncomfortable. Really? I see people visibly get uncomfortable because they feel like Teddy Pendergrass or I'm, I'm, this is just me trying to read people's um, reactions and, and their body language. I believe they feel like Teddy Pendergrass should only exist within the realms of their personal bedroom or when things are being played. <laughs> right. Now, Teddy definitely needs to be played in your bedroom. That's mm-hmm. the kind of music that was made. But I also think that he created... he. He uh, he created songs that transcend that, you know, um, Wake Up Everybody is a song that that's not a bedroom song by any no. means. That's a song that uplifts and inspires people. And so I think, too, to your point about the, his voice and how his voice takes up a room. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people may because we're not used to it anymore. It makes them uncomfortable. Because there are, I don't know if it's too assertive, um, because of the the climates that we've endured over the past few years about how men assert themselves Mm -hmm. in our society. So I think maybe voices like Teddy Pendergrass aren't favorable anymore because people have gotten away or are very cautious about how men assert themselves in in these spaces uh vocally um and i don't and i i by no means am i an apologist for um for men who are who are absolute dickheads you know mm-hmm. i'm not apologizing for them i'm not one of those people that's pro you know um 
masculinity is being mm-hmm. taken away from you know we're not we're not those hotel brothers like that we're mm-hmm. we're not on that on that wavelength however i do think that there is there might be some correlation there might be some uh reason correlation between the two as to why we don't necessarily embrace men with voices like that anymore or they're commercially just not made to be consumed like they used to be Mm. that is something i had not considered thank you so much for that um and i'm glad you mentioned wake up everybody sir daniel because i think as we think of teddy pendergrass as a member like when we think of when we think of uh wake up everybody we think of it as a teddy pendergrass song and then you have to remember that it's not like it's a harold melvin in the blue note song and so i think um one i think that song is really interesting because of course uh teddy credits that song with being why he ended up leaving harold melvin in the blue notes because (laughs) he sang wake up everybody at the time when Teddy was a part of Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Harold Melvin was making all the money. Harold mm. was taking all of them dudes' money. Meanwhile, Teddy was singing all the leads. So people assumed that Teddy Pendergrass was Harold Melvin because Teddy was singing all the leads. But Harold Melvin was, of course, the, the producer and the man who put the group together and like the mastermind behind the group. But <clears throat> Teddy um uh said that he you know he sang wake up everybody and was like i needed to take my own advice because i am not making the money that i should be making Mm. staying in hotels while this dude is staying in the beverly wilshire and i need to go out and strike out on my own right and so but that illustrates so two things one Teddy was really important. <laughs> there, Harold Mellon and the Blue Notes spontaneously just ended pretty much when Teddy Pendergrass um, left the group. So what ended up happening is Teddy leaves Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes. Gamble and Huff is like, we can't do nothing with Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes if Teddy Pendergrass is not in the group. Like, what are you going to do? Like it's bad business not having Teddy Pendergrass as part of this. So Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes did Harold. So then all the other Blue Notes leave. Harold did like one last album. And by 1977, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes was no more because Teddy Pendergrass was the foundation of that group. So this man, this singular voice (laughs) became so impactful that the group that he was a member of couldn't even continue without him, right? So there's that aspect of it. But then there's also that aspect of that old adage of what we talk about in the music industry. We just put out that clip about um, Sylvia Robinson uh, uh, on our socials. That idea of that old music industry, I mean, music industry period, it's not old, just took advantage, (laughs) just took advantage of their artists so much. And it was that taking advantage of artists that ran Teddy off. Teddy would have probably stayed in Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes if he was making a good good group income and group of money and could live his life. But he left because he wasn't getting paid. But you know what? Good for us that Good he left. Us. 
because <laughs> we we benefited from Teddy making that split. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I think about, I know we think about Teddy Pentagrass, we think about the slow jams, and we think about um, music to get you in the mood for love making, and you know, one on one time. But not for nothing, Jerry. Bops. <laughs> Teddy Pen- Teddy Pendergrass was also also had not only was his voice smooth and and seductive, but it was also very commanding. Yeah. And it was the type of commanding voice that you need that really works for dance music. Yeah. And in particularly what Gamble and Huff was doing in the mid 70s mm-hmm. was on the the coattails, the very beginning of disco and house music. Yeah. And you have shared with me on numerous occasions your theory about Harold, I mean Harold, about Teddy Pendergrass mm-hmm. being our very first disco star. Absolutely. I am a firm believer. This is a hill I will die on. <laughs> Teddy Pendergrass is the first disco star. We often will we will we will prop up Donna Summer and she deserves. <laughs> Listen, she totally. deserves. Totally. But before Donna, it was what Gamble and Huff, just like you mentioned, what Gamble and Huff was doing, um, particularly with Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. So uh Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff have talked about the fact of Teddy was such a powerhouse of a vocalist he challenged them so they were often writing songs that teddy could sing and Mm. teddy was a really complicated singer because of the power of his voice so the love i lost I, i think most people know this but for those who don't know the love i lost is considered to be the first kind of proto disco song so that song was released um, on Harold Melvin and the Blue Note's second album. And um, Teddy Pendergrass is, of course, singing lead on this song called The Love I Lost. And um, But what happens even after that is really interesting. So you have Teddy's voice coming over these speakers, right? Over this 4-4. That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Gamble and Huff, they was writing this music. So it was like soul music but it was sped up faster than what other people were doing and it was set to this 4-4 beat right let me tell you something (laughs) I another hill I will die on um, is that Teddy Pendergrass's version the original version of Don't Leave Me This Way I love Miss Thelma Houston listen what Motown did with that song was absolutely gorgeous um but that, that Teddy Pendergrass version of Don't Leave Me This Way is the definitive version of that song. Go and play it. It's Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes. Don't Leave Me This Way. Teddy Pendergrass is on the leads on that joint. It's nuts how pleading. So the man is aching. Baby, he's down up in that. He's telling this woman, don't leave him like this okay and he is singing to the gods about this this experience and so yeah teddy pendergrass is absolutely in my opinion the true first disco star there are two types of people in the world those who complain about the state of today's music and those who dig 
I'm Jason Randall-Smith, and I invite you to check out Radio BSOT's Both Sides of the Surface, a music podcast championing the work of independent artists from around the way to around the world. With a primary focus on Creative Commons licensed music, think of this show as a never-ending virtual crate dig through a parallel universe of online labels, seeking out the hip-hop, soul, jazz, funk, and electronic music gems that are often hiding in plain sight, and hopefully demystifying the world of Creative Commons along the way, one song at a time. You can find Radio BSOTs wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit the website at bsots.com. That's B-S-O-T-S dot com. Well, you know, my favorite song by Teddy's is, I always tell you this, mm-hmm. the more I get, yes. the more I want. You talking about, <laughs> I mean, the this what I, that song is what I love about a good song. It starts off kind of unassuming. Mm-hmm. It starts off really, you know, kind of t- not timid, but very welcoming and just, you know, a, a quick bass line. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> and then you build up and Teddy keeps singing and then he gets, he becomes more and more assertive. And there's this one point where he lets off this this howling scream, and then it, the music kind of trails off and, and breaks down. Literally an experience, a journey when you listen to the song. I appreciate it because I've seen, I've heard what DJs do, mm-hmm. how they tr- use that song, and they transition into a full-out house music set. Mm-hmm. after you leave that song because it opens you up the drums open you up and when i say open you up i mean open you open up your chakras open you up mm-hmm. as a person open up your mind and open you up to receive the higher bpms mm. and to receive you go from that four four to a full out mm-hmm. you know going into a full out eight count on the dance floor yes. because that's what it's meant to do to you but yeah, and Teddy Pendergrass did that. We always talk about the 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 women vocal powerhouses of dance music. But Teddy Pendergrass, as you demonstrated, is clearly uh, unsung in that realm. And we hear cue points are not having it. We got to tell you. That. <laughs> you know, to that point, thank you so much for mentioning the spiritual aspect of the whole thing. Because the other thing I think it is to note when we think about Teddy in um, that those five years, like so from 1977 to like 1981, Teddy was like, bam, 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 bam. Like every album was a thing. I think all I think all five of those albums. So his debut solo album to 1981's It's a Time for Love. That's true. All of them are platinum records. Right. He was just killing. Um. Because what Gamble and Huff did is they basically said, yeah, if there's no Teddy, I can't do Harold Melvin. But they did sign Teddy Pendergrass to a solo deal. I bring I bring this up because the other thing that was spiritual, I don't know what was in the walls of Sigma Sound where these albums were recorded. But let me tell you something. There, all of these records were recorded at Sigma Sound Studios in Philadelphia. 
Um, I actually trained uh, in music under Al Albert Jr., who also worked at Sigma Sound. One of the boards, the, the board that we had in our main studio, um, oh, I think that came from Alpha. Anyway, point is, Sigma was really important. And there was something in the walls of that building, because there are so many hits that came out of Sigma Sound Studios in Philadelphia, that it was just in the walls there. And I'm sure Teddy left his imprint just like, if you go in here, you're going to get a little Teddy up on your vocal because he left it there. And that's really important. Like, clearly that space mattered. And, and to your point about Teddy's essence, you're absolutely right. There is, and that's why, it, and you'll hear the discussion we had with Kipper Jones um, mm -hmm. at our live recording about the toll, the physical toll, the entertaining, and there's a difference between being just a singer and being an entertainer. Mm -hmm. There's a physical toll that it takes on on a person's body, on the the um, the host's body, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a gift. There's a physical toll that it takes place on the host's body because they're giving away some of their essence each and every single time that they perform whether it's in the studio or on stage so mm -hmm. and with that being said i kind of, i wonder if people like a teddy pentagrass michael jackson's people like that that open themselves up physically to give us their gift if that is the the conduit to the pain mm. that they experience because teddy like michael and like other people like him that give so much battle depression mm -hmm. you know um suicidal ideations mm -hmm. um drug abuse mm -hmm. and um and then of course uh leading up to that fatal not fatal but leading up to a, a very life-changing accident yeah. that completely put his life on a, a, a whole new road. And yeah. so I'm wondering, uh, this is a theory of mine, like mm -hmm. giving of yourself that much opens you up yes. to, opens you up, I think, to those experiences. And I think it's why people like a Beyonce are so closed off and so private because they want to be careful not to entertain other energies or let other, you know, or entertain other things like that coming into their life, especially someone, you know, if you're a parent and mm -hmm. you've got kids that depend on you, you want to protect yourself against that because you want to be there for them. But, you know, for a man like Teddy Pendergrass experiencing this newfound fame um, because he stepped from behind the Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. He stepped from that and immediately steps into his greatness and is bombarded. I mean, bombarded by adoration and lust from people that are, you know, that are attending these shows, yeah. buying these records, that there's only so much money and drugs and alcohol can, can numb. You know what I'm saying? So... It's just a lot. I can only imagine what he was pushing through. Yeah. As a person in those moments where he was alone in that mansion. 
he's alone with that Rolls Royce. With, well, right. Among, that infamous Rolls Royce. Right. And the furs and, and everything. The furs. Um, you know, it's interesting. So what um I gather from uh there's a documentary about Teddy Pendergrass called If You Don't Know Me. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, if y'all haven't seen it, definitely check it out. What I gather from Teddy's years, um, he liked being a star. Like, you know, there are some yeah. people, you know who I think is like that? I think Cardi B is like that, where she yeah. just kind of like likes being a star. Like it's a thing that she's good at. I think Teddy, uh, there would be these moments, and this was interesting too, because I I had never seeing white folks do this like they did it with Teddy. But there were like lots of interviews where like these white folks would be like, like, you're a superstar. Like you, sir, (laughs) this is a, I'm sitting next to Teddy Pendergrass. And if you don't know who that is, he's a superstar. Like, and these white folks would say this to him and Teddy would sit there and he was like, well, yeah, that's kind of true. Um, like he was kind of like with it, but also Teddy understood his power he understood the power that he had over people so one of the things that was also really interesting is teddy's manager was like listen teddy in when i he's like when i first met teddy teddy is it it like to see him in pictures is one thing but in person he's incredibly handsome he knows it he's also incredibly sexual he knows that too and so he's and he's very charming so mm-hmm. he, as this tall, big, beautiful black man, understood there was a power in that. So he, his manager was fully capable and able to pivot him off of the Chitlin circuit. Because that's the other thing. If he had stayed with Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, he would have just stayed on the Chitlin circuit. His manager was like, no, I'm just going to book you in white. I'm going to book you with white promoters. And we're going to go over there. And that's how Teddy became a superstar. So he he loved being a celebrity. He loved being a superstar. Um, and he kind of craved that attention. But that's the thing. When the accident happens, when you're, he was 31 when that happened. God. He was a, he was, he was really young. When this life changing, when your life is standing up on stage, gyrating with smoke coming off of you because you are sweating and you're so hot to I am now paralyzed. That was life changing. So, yeah, you know, there was um, a moment. So his family. His son talked about this as well as his therapist. So Teddy's therapist talked about, um, whose therapist is also a uh, paraplegic, talked about Teddy had decided that he wanted to die, right? And was having a meeting with his family to let them know, hey, this is what I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And the doctor did something phenomenal where he allowed Teddy to hear what his family would have to say about him had he decided to end his life and he decided to live. But Mm. it got really serious. And so what that got me thinking about though is 
black men and kind of the stuff that we deal with, right? That we don't always know how to get through and we push through. And sometimes we have people in our lives that help us. Fortunately, Teddy did. He had he had found a therapist that helped him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he had sure. family that was willing to take the journey with him through this very difficult period. And it just reminded me how important it is for us as black men to one, be honest. Teddy was honest with where he was in that moment after this accident and get, had enough room to change his mind and had people there to support. And I just, that's important for us. We need that. We absolutely do. And I'm happy that, you know, even though sometimes it might sound like the thing to say and the thing to talk about, it's still on people's lips and uh, in the forefront of their minds about receiving help, mm. about welcoming in other people to help you sort through the things that you're dealing with. And so, yeah, I, I think I wonder what Teddy would think of the landscape, the music landscape today, I wonder what he would think of the his predecessors, the people that have come after him, right? Mm -hmm. Not mm. the predecessors, but people that have come after him. You know, we already talked about Usher at the top of this discussion, mm -hmm. but does Teddy Pendergrass have any other sons mm. in this music landscape? Uh, I think a tank. I think Tank is definitely um, mm -hmm. a son of Teddy Pendergrass. And a great um, musician. Tank is a really good mu musician, period. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really put him. Actually, those are like two that really do come to mind. Definitely Usher. Um, when I think of like showman too. Um, yeah, the showmanship, the, the, the sex appeal. The sex appeal. Because that's, that's a big part of it also. Mm-hmm. Um, you have those, what's the young man? Um, gosh, there's a couple of those young men that they've appeared in a lot of television shows and movies. Oh, like uh, Luke? Luke, uh, yes. Luke, ja Luke, Luke James? Luke James, yes. And Lucky Day, I think is another one. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of them. For whatever reason, they're they're right there, but they're not a household name just yet. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're there. They've got the goods. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't think like a, you know, Jarquise is cool, but I don't think <laughs> he's lacking, you know, the height, uh, the, stop. <laughs> the, the, the inflections, the, I mean, it's 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 really it really is part of the the package. It really is, and it's just a thing that the, you just can't. You either have it or you don't, and that is a thing that's marketed and packaged. They will never, you will never see Jacquees packaged with his shirt open, um, you know, yeah. on a bearskin rug. It's not because he's gonna look like he's being he's about to be diapered, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think, and you know, to that point, actually, it would be so unique 
if there was someone on the scene that kind of moved the way that Teddy moved, because when you look back at that old footage, it's interesting. Like one, there was mostly women in the audience Two, There was like a a really diverse audience. Like Mm -hmm. it was a lot of women from a lot of different nationalities. You know what I'm saying? In the audience. And, you know, he's up there on this stage just kind of commanding this band and, like, gyrating back and forth and singing very uh, powerfully and seductively. That would be so interesting. I don't know. I would I would be like, huh, that's peculiar. Who is this person? Right. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I'm thinking back to when we, you know, a few, I think it was last year, we did an episode where we found this picture of <laughs> this this wonderful picture of Teddy Pendergrass, Ashford and Nick Ashford, Valerie Simpson, Roberta Flack <laughs> backstage in a in a cipher passing the blunt around and we just wanted to know what was in Teddy's <laughs> man bag. What? First of all, it's because I, I think it's a it's Louis. A, it's a Louis. It's a LV. You know, he's got the gold chains. <laughs> you know, the silk shirt and the and the pants to match, and it's just you know, it's, it's, it's giving. It's a it's a lot, and we got a lot of answers. That remember that episode? We got a lot of answers <laughs> from from uh, a dime bag uh-huh. to probably like a, a, a I think it's I think it's coke. a pistol in there. I think a pistol's in there. This, the gat is definitely in there. The blicky is definitely in there. And there's probably a razor too, a straight yes. edge. Because, you know, brothers back then used straight edges too. Yes. And um, did I mention Coke? There's definitely Coke in there. Oh, absolutely. They look like they're having a good old time. Yes. A fantastic time. So, you know, whatever you, it, when you see this um, video, if you see the video or you see this picture, we're going to have it on our socials as well. I just want you to think and just leave a comment on what you think is in that bag. What is in Teddy P's man bag in this picture as we wrap up this episode? Because <laughs> I kind of I'm I'm I kind of want to hang out with them, J. Ray. I want to be in that studio. Oh, listen, they had a wonderful session. You can see the empty chairs there and the mics up. They probably mm-hmm. were doing like it probably was like strings or something like that because the mics was real high. So they probably just, you know, finished a session. I wonder what it was. I would be really curious. We'll definitely ask on our socials if anyone knows what session this was. We need to ask Miss Roberta right. Flack or Miss Valerie Simpson. Miss Val. What what was this session? We're gonna ask Miss Val and see if she responds to let us know what they were recording. <laughs> what were y'all recording? So as we wrap up this episode, um, you know, and thinking about Teddy Pendergrass and what he's given to the culture, I I'm just super happy that we got to experience it. We did. And we get and we get to reminisce about it. And again, like I said, you gotta stay tuned because we're gonna be talking about some other brothers who who kind of are in the same lane. Mm-hmm. And you'll see what we're talking about. But they they really did a thing when they were around and way they were contri- actively contributing to the culture. Yeah. So Jay Ray, as we as we wrap up, um let's remind the folks how they can keep in contact with us. Absolutely. And, so uh, 
you know, y'all do the things. Please thank y'all so much for being here. Um, and that's part of it, right? So if you are listening or you are watching, that's the main way to stay connected. Share the show with your friends and family. Those are two absolutely free ways to uh, support Q Points. You can also join our mailing list. That's another free way to do it. Um, and uh, if you want to go a step further, visit our website, QPoints.com, and you can subscribe and become a member and help us out over in Q Points land. But um, this has been awesome. I'm glad we got a chance to just kind of gush over Teddy Pendergrass a little bit. Um, there is so much more to be discussed. Like we didn't even, everybody discusses the slow jams. We know, we know, we know them all. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad we just got a chance to spend some time um, discussing this really important figure. I don't know that we give teddy and men like him with those kind of voices enough and um so we're gonna do more of that on this show yep that's exactly what we do here on cue points the podcast dropping the needle on black music history j ray what do i always say in this life you can have a choice you can either pick up the needle or you can let the record play i am dj sir daniel my name is j ray y'all and this has been Q Points Podcast, dropping the needle on Black music history. We will see you on the next go round. Peace. Peace. Now turn them off. Yeah.